I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is the Steelers Preview Show on WDVE Pittsburgh, presented by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here are your hosts, Mike Brazuda, Matt Williamson, and Merrill Hodge. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Steelers Preview. Mike Persuda and Matt Williamson with you here tonight on the Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE and SNR until 8 o'clock. We will be joined for our sec- second segment, as we always are, by Merrill Hodge. And uh, Matt, uh, I know traditionally we uh, take a pretty deep dive into the impending matchup. Uh, a little different uh, approach is going to be uh, deployed or or taken tonight. Because uh, this isn't just Steelers at the Bills. It is career start number one yeah. for Kenny Pickett. And uh, I got to tell you, I was there at Acquashire Stadium on Sunday. And I saw everything uh, unfold as it unfolded. Uh, I've been doing this since uh, the third to the last game of the 1986 season. And I got to tell you, uh, that uh, enthusiasm was real. Uh, it, it resonated with the players. Uh, it was an energizing uh, debut for Kenny Pickett to start the second half, the Steelers' first possession of the third quarter. And while the game ultimately got away and 1-3 and three doesn't look too good, no. entering a stretch where you're going to play Buffalo, <laughs> Tampa, Miami, and Philly, uh, I'm of the opinion that the Kenny Pickett era is off and running, and uh, I think that is a development that trumps all others. Yeah, I think it really does. I mean, the, the two words I used after that game – were disappointing. I mean, losing to the Jets in the way they did, and exciting. You know, uh, uh, the excitement is real. You know, we've seen a first-round quarterback here since Ben. There's probably a lot of fans that don't remember that, or you know, all the ex- excitement that goes with it. Uh, the the poise, his style of play, I think translates to making a smoother transition than most. You know, I mean, that the term NFL ready for draft picks at the, that quarterback position, I think, is a fallacy. But it's exciting as could be. It gets thrown around a lot. Oh, he's NFL ready. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, it, it is at Trubisky's expense. I, I didn't think he was playing poorly, but I also thought it was pretty clear that he's not elevating those around him. This isn't the the offense that we need to succeed. And not scoring not any points. Change. Not scoring any points. Right. right. Not scoring any points. They had three points, and then they got three more because the Jets decided to rough the passer on a Hail Mary, yeah. and Chris Boswell decided to make a 59-yard field goal. They got a I, gift. Right, call me right. crazy. I don't think that's sustainable. No. 
I don't think you draw it up that way. Hopefully they rough the, you know, and they Hail Mary call, right. Yeah, and I think what Pickett can bring to the table is sustainable. I mean, the accuracy, the field vision, the, the running the plays as they're drawn up, the willingness to, to let it fly. I mean, that might be the number one thing that is it, it's really exciting about this young man. Let's uh, kick things off uh, by uh, telling you what to expect. That's brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And, uh, Matt, everybody knows who the Bills are. Everybody knows who the Steelers are right about now. Uh, just some confirming numbers. Uh, the Steelers are 30th in total offense. The Bills are tied for first in total defense. Yeah. Steelers are 23rd in scoring <laughs> offense. The Bills are second in scoring defense. The Steelers are 28th in passing offense. The Bills are first in passing defense. Flip it around. Uh, Buffalo is third in total offense. The Steelers 24th in total defense. Buffalo fifth in scoring offense. The Steelers 15th in scoring defense. And here's the biggie. Buffalo first in third down offense. The Steelers 26th. I think all that adds up to a long day in Orchard Park. I think so as well. I mean, the Bills are a very good football team. I have great respect for the organization, the quarterback, the coach, the way they built this team, and it's their turn. You know, I mean, they're they're taking a shot. I think they're the best team in the league right there with the Chiefs and Eagles, but those three teams stand alone. Um, you just kind of capped it off. But any metric or stat that you look at on either side of the ball for Buffalo, they're pretty much near the top. Yeah, and then you look at the tape or the, the video or however you watch Adds games, up. and you see Josh Allen and you yeah. see Vaughn Miller, and you see a secondary that doesn't seem to mind not having two of its best players. That's who, amazing. Who, yeah. oh, by the way, are two of the best at what they do in the league, yeah. Micah Hyde Pro Bowl and, uh, and corner. Tredavious right. White. Right. Uh, this this Buffalo team is locked and loaded. You know, I, I, I bring this up periodically. The way I prepare for this show and my week of Steelers coverage is mm-hmm. – I always go to the Steelers game, and then I rewatch the Steelers game, and I watch whoever that they're going to play next because right, I, right, I right. taped that game on DirecTV. And watch the second half of that Buffalo-Baltimore game was just majestic on Buffalo's part. Oh. They were way behind, yeah. and they closed within 20-10 to 10 right at the end of the first half, and then they pitched uh, a second-half shutout. It's, and it's unbelievable. They did what they wanted to do offensively and defensively. Baltimore got one drive late, and then Buffalo dug in at the two-yard line, kept them out of the end zone. John Harbaugh went for the touch rather than the field goal, which, by the way, I like aggressiveness. Sure, but that was – You can't do that, right? I don't think so. I mean, that that just screamed fear of, of Allen. Yeah. I mean, you know, which four, I understand. There's four minutes left. you got to take right. the lead, don't you? you take the lead, right. And uh, they didn't, and Buffalo ended up going down. And at the end of the game, uh, Devin Singletary had a run – uh, inside the five, and I, I suspected he went down. Now, he got tackled, mm-hmm. but it looked like he wasn't fighting it off, and then they ran a sneak with Allen, and he was looking at the ground the whole time to make sure he didn't cross the goal line. He got the first down, <laughs> yeah. and then Baltimore didn't have any timeouts, and they just took a couple knees and then kicked a field goal to win the game. Uh, they're, they're incredibly well-peopled. Uh, here's how well-coached the Bills are. Uh, they did not score a touchdown – on their opening drive at Baltimore. That snapped a streak of eight consecutive games in which they had done that. It's awesome. And coming out of the break, they uh, have outscored their opponents by 44 points in third quarters. In third quarters. That that leads the league. That's that, that's one of two of my favorite stats about the Bills. One of them is 44-0 to in the third quarter. I mean, halftime adjustments. I mean, it, it screams that. But how about this on their defense, too? Their defense in the second half of games has faced 20 drives. 
Okay, that's normal. They've given up points on one of them. That's, points. That's, that's remarkable. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other and thing. And that's when their safeties were falling left and right in Miami. Within the, you know, they didn't yeah. have anybody left on the field. Since we uh, got the defense here, let me quickly uh, remind everybody out there that the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank is reminding you to sack hunger, get food, volunteer, or donate at pittsburghfoodbank.org. I mentioned the two. For a lot of teams, they'd be devastating injuries if you lose a Tredavious oh, sure. White and a Micah Hyde. It doesn't seem to matter for Buffalo. And the Bills basically play five guys. They play their nickel. Like every snap. In part because they're – their secondary, it's too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven uh, is uh, too good not to be on the field. Their uh, nickel guy, Teron Johnson. Teron Johnson, right. And the two inside linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds and uh, Matt Milano. You got to leave the field. You got to play do, those guys. They they do everything well. They you know they get away with having two linebackers on the field against heavy personnel against four wide, and those guys do everything well. Milano's the quarterback of it all. Like you said, they're missing two of their best. I mean, Poyer and Hyde have been a elite pair of safeties, you know, for a handful of years now. Um, and now Poyer's leading the league in interceptions. He's got half of one more than Minka. First-round corner in the mix, throw them in there. He, that's their Levi Wallace replacement. And it's a big upgrade in terms of athleticism. You know, I mean, he's a rookie. My favorite part, though, is the defensive line. I mean, they Which go, is also missing a couple of key guys. And you don't even know it. You know, they go nine deep yeah. on their offensive line. It's like hockey lines coming Just keep in. bringing those it's fresh guys in, and they keep assaulting. They rarely blitz. They're the lowest blitz team in the league. And they get there. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like this Buffalo team, it, it reminds me of what the Steelers aspire to be. Sure, what everyone aspires to be. Yeah, right. but I mean, yeah. Steelers in particular, Steelers have gotten away over the years from blitzing. They'd like to rush four yep. and cover with seven. Uh, they they'd like to be able to defend the run in the pass, which I guess everybody would. But with the same personnel, yeah, keep the same guys right? out there so you don't get out guessed. Uh, dominating quarterback, a very good offensive line, which is healthy yeah. and experienced, and it gets the job done. They can run it or they can throw it. Uh, they're really good on special teams. Uh, this is uh, yeah, they're the total package. I you know I thought Kansas City was better than Buffalo last year, and I know that that game. Yeah, I don't want to say it was one on the coin flip, but I'm not going to say that if Buffalo had won the coin flip in overtime, it wouldn't have won the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, they had to play defense first, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I this to me looks like the team. I agree. I haven't I, seen everybody yet, and I certainly haven't yeah. studied Philly yet. Kansas, Kansas City and the City. Eagles are the only ones in the same league right yeah. now, is, is in my opinion. And honestly, even the, the Bills' loss, I kind of referenced it, in Miami was a total outlier type of game, too. I mean, the, the Bills ran close to 100 plays in that game. 90. 90. And, and the 497 Bills, total net yards. Yeah. And Miami ran like 35. And somehow Miami ended up winning the game. Um, the heat and the exhaust, exhaustion of it all you know, was part of it. But – if they play that one again, I still think Buffalo wins eight out of ten. Yeah, I would agree, and I was no. uh, I'm pretty impressed with Miami as well. Which yeah, they're it, good, right? With that receiver combo, and if uh, two is healthy, mm-hmm. uh, and, and their defense is aggressive, yeah, too, and yeah. But uh, just this Buffalo team, I think you said it's their turn. I, I feel that way. It's I their mean, time. Probably uh, learned a lot last year, and uh, you know they they, they kind of pushed their chips all in on Von Miller, and it's a perfect situation for Miller. If you look at that defensive line, it's a lot of former first-round picks, second-round picks, Rousseau, Basham, Oliver. You know, they've invested in it. They want that depth. But they go get the older Hall of Famer who's coming off a Super Bowl win. 
on his way to try to win a third one. Miller, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He can be the mentor. He can play 50, 60% of the snaps and stay fresh for the end of games, end of season. They're built for the long haul, and they're pretty impressive. They're very impressive. Uh, the uh, practice participation reports are uh... lengthy. Lengthy on both sides. Uh, for the Steelers, uh, Cam Sutton limited for a second consecutive day, groin hamstring. Uh, Levi Wallace limited second consecutive day foot. Terrell Edmonds uh, upgrades to limited from did not practice. He's trying to get over a concussion. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick upgraded to limited but did not practice with a knee. Uh, that's uh, pretty much the secondary. Uh, Mike Tomlin has already said <laughs> right. Kello, Kello Witherspoon's not going to play. I, I, I think the Steelers will piece something together there, but – uh, even healthy against these guys, it's a handful. Now, oh, the, yeah. Now, the Bills have a much longer list than the Steelers. We'll have to see what mm-hmm. happens come Sunday. But uh, I'll, I'll just give you the names of some of the players uh, who either did not practice or were not full participants. Uh, Christian Benford, cornerback, he's been starting. Yeah, he plays, uh, yeah. But he's hurt. Uh, Jameson Crowder, uh, the third wide receiver. Gabe Davis, the uh, second wide receiver, was actually full participant uh, today. But uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, didn't work today. Uh, Dawson Knox, the tight end. Uh, Ed Oliver, one of those talented uh, defensive yeah. uh, linemen you mentioned. Like and the ninth pick of the draft. You Jordan know. Phillips, another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys were both limited. Jordan Poyer, uh, two picks against Baltimore, the uh, surviving safety. He hasn't practiced yet this week. So uh, Buffalo banged up as well. And, again, doing this without Tredavious White, yeah, right. and uh, Micah and Hyde. Hyde. It's right. uh, it's beyond impressive. Uh, so uh, we'll see what lineups can be cobbled together. But uh, this this one is uh, about as tough a matchup as the Steelers have had, I guess, since the Kansas City playoff game last year. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things I could point to for optimism, um, but you're reaching a little bit. You know, you, you would hope after the the style of play that Buffalo had to do endure in Miami and then come back in Baltimore. They go to KC, as you kind of mentioned, you know, next week. Is this one of those sandwich games? Probably well, not. Didn't think <laughs> but, of that. But... Yeah, I mean, it's it maybe. And maybe they overlook them a little. You know, I mean, um, they don't run the ball especially well in a traditional manner, in a, jo- a non-Josh Allen manner. But Yeah, he runs it pretty well. He runs it pretty well, and they don't really have to lean on a running game. So, And they have some injuries. And the Steelers have Kenny Pickett as an X factor. Uh, yeah, you know, who yeah. knows if that continues to inspire the offense, if the defense can clean up its fourth quarter issues. That Jets game was strange. Uh, you know, they gave up one drive basically in three quarters, and it took a trick play to finish that one. Okay, mm-hmm. hats off to the Jets for yeah, right, right, a, a well designed, well timed right. uh, bit of trickery. But uh, then the fourth quarter comes around, and they just can't stop them. They can't I, stop them. It, 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 it was as if. They remembered T.J. Watt wasn't playing in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And Steelers played a lot of man coverage in that game. Um, and I think Wilson started to figure, figure it out and get a little more comfortable. Not that he's Josh Allen or a superstar or, or he should carve you up to that manner. Um, they had some injuries. I really thought the middle of the field pass defense was atrocious. Yeah, Terrell Austin, the defensive coordinator, talked about that today, and he said, "Where the ball ends up is irrelevant. You got to mm-hmm. stop them from completing it." But, right, but they uh, found something they liked. You mentioned, you know, the field. combination of man and too deep that they were playing, and mm-hmm. they weren't getting the pressure. I kept waiting for them to go to the blitz. Yeah, and they never did, Mm-mm. and it was kind of death by a thousand cuts. Uh, that, that second dr- kind of trusted Wilson to lose it for him, and he didn't. You know, that and, uh, second drive in particular, I was thinking, well, if they blitz and they throw it over your head, at least you have time to get the ball back. 
Yeah, good point. I mean, a big play doesn't hurt you quite as bad. The right? way the way it ended, they just you know, would they have sixteen it's seconds? Slowly suffocated, right? Uh, tough one to endure, but uh, again, the Kenny Pickett here apparently off and running, and uh, I think that is uh, really exciting. Topic A, yeah, which right. we're going to continue to uh, uh, unpack that uh, tonight. When we come back, we will be joined by the third member of our team, Merrill Hodge, uh, will join us, and uh, I want to get Merrill talking about uh, some of these intangibles that. People have been throwing around with Kenny Pickett because uh, I think I know what they mean. He's actually experienced what they mean, mm-hmm. and he's been in uh, the huddle with guys who uh, exude leadership, and uh, I'm guessing some who don't. So uh, we'll talk to Merrill about that uh, with uh, Matt Williamson, um, Mike Pursuta. We're going to be here until 8 o'clock tonight getting you ready for Steelers Bills and the Kenny Pickett era right here on uh, your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the Steelers preview show presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you tonight until 8 o'clock. Steelers preview on DVE is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Time now to welcome the third member of our full house backfield to the show, Merrill Hodge, joining us. Merrill, how are you tonight? Well, gentlemen, I'm not bad. It's uh, 90 degrees, and we're just walking off the green. So, and where 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 is the green located? Scottsdale, Arizona. I, I was going to say Swickley, Pennsylvania, but I'm on Swickley. But you're like, oh, that would be impossible <laughs> at this time. <laughs> well, hey, I, I was really the looking lo- f- the lovely desert. I was really looking forward to talking to you this week. I know you're uh, a, a video guy and a nuts and bolts guy and a facts guy, but uh, this is also a game of emotion, and uh, it's pretty emotional around here with uh, Kenny Pickett taking his first steps in the NFL and, and and the anticipation and and what people are perceiving, not only what he can do on the field, but how he's been carrying himself and what he's been saying and the the leadership he's been resonating. He looks to me like a guy, Merrill, if I thought up a cliche or a, a caricature of what I think a quarterback should be, it's Kenny Pickett. And, and the last guy that struck me in that type of fashion might be Bubby Brister. All right. Well, let me just tell you this. Um, I'm not around him in the locker room, Pickett. And if he carries himself like Bob, I mean, you know, that kind of confidence you need, you know, to play at every position. You know, some just display it differently. Obviously, Bob, he he displayed it in uh, 
in a robust a robust way. Um, we'll say. Now, I'm not, I haven't heard. We'll say, uh, you know, now, see, I haven't seen, now, I've watched, I've only watched Kane Sinkin on tape. Um, Charlie Nolan from, from that structure, you know, that, that's always a value when you can, you know, that's why I've always thought, Ben, you interview, interview a guy, you're around a guy, you're in the meeting, and you just, you just have a better temperature of a guy than, you know, um, just a little added degree, should I say, about, you know, what you see on tape. Now, um, you just say those type of things that, that would be exciting for Steelers fans and for the organization. That's how, that's what you need. You need somebody like that. Now let's go back. Let's go to him inside the white line because at the end of the day, you can be robust and you can talk a great game and then, then you can't play. Um, he can play. And the one thing I, 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 I loved about him when I first – let me back up a little bit. When I go watch college, I have zero idea about a guy. I just – you know, you watch him. You, you see him on TV on Saturdays, but that doesn't give you any idea hear things about him, I still doesn't give you an idea. So really tape tells you everything. And so I didn't know what to expect. And I plugged that tape in and I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, and I'd watched a few other guys, quarterbacks already that were coming out. And I'm like, okay, they were horrendous. I mean, like even laughable. Like I can't even believe we're talking about them in the first round. It's a disservice actually to them. They got no shot they get drafted in the first round. And if they do, they're going to bury that organization. That being said, when you put pick it in, it was like, holy cow. I mean, there's, a bunch, there's, there's about four things that I look for right off the bat. If you're going to transition to the NFL, you have to display this. You first have to be a very good, quick decision maker. I don't care what your system is. I would prefer the pro system because then I can tell you, you know, how he functions in the pro system. He played in the pro system. And you can tell that he would, he would, uh, he could process things quickly. He was accurate. And then the, the next page, uh, another thing he's got to be, the next thing he's got to be is very accurate. He's got to throw with anticipation, and he's got to have pocket presence. And he had all of that. Plus, you know, then he started building on things the way he managed, you know, downs and distance. I managed the team where they were on the field. Um, I was just like, I don't know that I had anybody that I could quite say was like that. You know, Joe Burrow was freakish in, in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think he, he managed things quite as well as Pickett does or did in college, you know, and when you went out and watched, when you watched him in preseason, he did the same thing. He's a very quick, decisive decision maker. And that is such an important aspect of being successful in the NFL. Um, uh, that, that's where actually Trubisky had struggled and he struggled in college too. So this wasn't like a, uh, something that just came out or the NFL exposed. He struggled in college. You know, I can't tell him in notes I have with Trubisky, just like indecisive. And I don't know if that's, he can't throw it, or he doesn't know. Either one of them are bad. And, you know, you can't hold on to the ball in this in this league and be successful. Um, so, with Kenny getting an entire week of prep and work, and, you know, um, I would expect good things from him. You know, he's still a rookie. You know, he's going to have some, some growing pain. Everybody does. But the skill set that he has, he'll have fewer of those than most. It makes all sense in the world, and I totally agree with you. Do you, do you see them changing much schematically with a different quarterback in there? I mean, I, I would assume there'll still be a lot of design quarterback movement, similar route concepts. I mean, they're not going to scrap everything that they've done. Yeah, I, well, if I, here, I, I just think about what good coaching should do. You just you have a system. You have you have things that he likes and does better than the other things. Those things that you – the cater to that. 
cater to him, cater to what he does well, what he feels good about, what he likes. Um, now you got to also, you know, try to attack the opponent in this process. You know, you got to work together as a team. You know, what do you like? Um, what do you feel confident in? And how can we attack them? You know, um, so it'll be interesting to see what you know. You know, you still have staples. You know, your offense is built on staples, and you got to be able to execute those staples. About eighty percent of the time, you know, you have twenty percent wrinkles, but the other stuff you got to be really good at. You got to be able to execute. Um, they know it's coming, you know it's coming, but you're going to execute it. You know, you're going to you know perform them. So um, you, it'll be interesting to see what they what they do, though. You know, I, I don't think you'll see like a, a completely different thing, to be honest with you. Um, but um, it will be interesting to see. Uh, I'm just I'm excited just watching them execute the offense. You know, I just I want to see I just want to see him play. You know, with um, no no handicapping of preseason um, or you know getting thrown in with somebody else's game plan. You know, and having very few reps to prepare. So we're not going to see that, and and that'll that'll be nice to get a good a good feel for Kenny Pickett from that perspective. I want to go back to the intangible stuff for a second, Merrill. You know, Ben Roethlisberger had so much success early. I think his persona was kind of like the resume. He became Big Ben almost overnight and a Super Bowl quarterback quickly. And it was just, hey, this guy's won. This is the guy that can lead us. Your guy, Bubby, you mentioned that word robust. I mean, does that stuff really matter? Uh, I know we in the media like to make a big deal out of it, and it's been fascinating to me to listen to Pickett's teammates talking about how how impressed they are with his poise and his confidence and his leadership abilities. The, uh, Calvin Austin the third, the receiver who hasn't been activated yet, he was talking about when he's screwing up or not uh, being as, as locked in as Pickett. Pickett will give him what, what Austin called a face, you know, just a look like, hey, get it together, and guys <laughs> respond to that. Is, is there any truth to the romanticism of the huddle during a big drive and follow me, boys, and all that kind of stuff you see in Friday Night Lights uh, and uh, and uh, Varsity yep. Blues and uh, what's the Texas one? Uh, Perryman, I'm leaving that out. Uh, I don't know. Leave me in. There's- I can't believe I'm forgetting it. It's one of the greatest movies well, of all uh, time, and I'm forgetting it. Um, anyway, you know what yeah, I'm, you know what I'm getting you think at. About it, as you, yes, as you think about it, yes. That is, there is great value in that, and that matters. And you get a little extra out. Um, you hold people accountable when you step in the huddle at yours. Um, you trust the guy from that perspective, too. Um, you know, he expects you to be, be on top of your game. That means he'll be on top of his game. Um, Friday so Night like, Lights is I a like damn movie. That. I can't believe I forgot that. You already said it, though. <laughs> so threw well, me we were, yeah. Oh, did I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm all excited about Kenny, man. I'm losing it here. That's funny. But uh, absolutely. You know, Bob, Bob, I'm this, Bob gave us a lot of energy. A lot of energy. I mean, he was the kind of guy that when you got in the huddle, man, he, you know, um, and you have to have a guy like that, too, that believes in you, gives you energy. And when that's what I'm hearing. This guy's giving him, it gives him energy. So, I mean, that's all good things, to be honest with you. That is, um, the things that you would never know, you know, um, you know, just by the silence of tape, you don't get to know those. That's why it's so important when you're under an evaluating process, you get to know the guy as best you can and what you can anticipate when he steps into a huddle and he gets this opportunity. So those are all good signs, guys. I'm just telling you, it's, just, um, it's the energy. It's, it's, I, they need that energy, too. They really need that energy and leadership. 
I also think he brings a calmness and a composure too. I mean, his, his he's not frenetic in the pocket. You can see, you can very easily see that he's going through his reads the way the play is drawn yep. up. You know, pressure comes yep. at him. He doesn't panic. He doesn't drop his eyes. And I'm sure that you know translates to the practice field, the huddle, all those things as well. Yeah, well, you know, those things are, you know, I, I, I call them, you know, those are players who expect him to to do well because you no, know, that that's your evidence. A better way to say it, there's your evidence. You know, you can only, only go by the evidence, you know, that you that you've seen to this point. Um, he has not put on display anything but that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, listen. There's going to be, there's always going to be jitters and a little bit in a game, to start things off, and um, you know they're going to come up with stuff they they haven't seen on tape. How do you respond to that? You know, how do you how do your instincts kick in? We'll see. Um, but I, I I think I'm I know the the energy is exciting, and I and I should be. I, I you know I don't think this is a uh, this a hype that you know we're off base. You know, you're like you're trying to make the guy something he's really not. Um, that's not the case. Um, I think he really has a chance to be, you know, really a really good player, if not a special player, you know, in this league with the skill set that he has. Uh, I think uh, Josh Allen's already that, and uh, I think this oh. this Buffalo team's got a shot at being a special team. When when I say special, I mean the kind of team that has a parade at at the end of the year. How how good do the yep. Bills look to you, Merrill? Well, they've gotten they've gotten better because you know, like I'll tell you, last year the Steelers' defense did the best. They they had the best game plan, and they pulled they executed it better than anybody that played the Buffalo Bills last year. Now that being said, the Bills did cater to them a little bit. Like they only ran the ball, I think. Um, well, I don't even know how many times they ran it, but it, it was probably a handful. And I'm talking when they run it, not the quarterback. Okay, maybe ten the runners. I think it was in the fourth quarter where they were like, hey why don't we try to run a couple runs? And uh, they went from like the 50 to the 10, like two runs. I mean, they just stay with, and I, I don't think they ended up scoring on, on that play anyway, or it was too late in the game, whatever it was. Um, but they were just probably going to throw it all over the place. Now, from that perspective, the back end was incredible how they covered. I don't think they ever brought more than five guys, more than four guys ever, but they did do some things schematically to get pressure on him and break down their protection scheme wise. They did a really a, a lot of a lot of great things actually. And they did a lot of great things when T J Watt was not in there. So, you know, that's another thing to think about. Because when we're talking everybody driving driving our listeners go, Well they had T J Watt that true. However, they did some really good things when T J wasn't on the field. Because, you know, T J left the field quite a bit in that game. And it makes you know, listen, he had that sack fumble, you know, that was you know, a game changer. That was probably the critical part of the game. So I'm um, I'm not ignoring that. I'm just saying they did some things schematic-wise that could be very effective that I think they have to get back to. But they got to be alert that they're going to run the ball better and more than they did the last time. And that's where you got to be really concerned because you get caught up in, in uh, you know, defending Josh Allen, and all of a sudden, two plays later, they've got they've hung 40 on you, you know, 40 yards on you and down inside scoring territory, and just like that, by running. So I think they're more balanced. Um, I think they assessed themselves last year if they do that. Then they, they 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 have a, a strong chance of winning the Super Bowl, without a doubt. Mayor, I got a two two parter about Josh Allen for you. I mean, can you remember a quarterback who came to the league and their accuracy improved like like Allen? I mean, that is so rare. And then the other one for yeah. you is: Does he remind you at all of an early career Big Ben? 
Well, yeah, his, the way his physical size, yeah. the way he plays, you know, the way he moves, and you know, like, like he's a guy that um, getting there. He's like, we can get there, but who do we get there with? Because <laughs> can he finish? You know, that was always bad. I've, I've never talked to so many defense coordinators. Oh, we can get there. We just don't. We got a guy that can get him down. <laughs> it's like, eh, you know, that's that's the problem. We can yeah. get there. We just don't know if we can get him down. You take the reservation, <laughs> but you can't hold the yeah, reservation. So, yeah. So Josh is like that too. And you know, speaking of his accuracy, you know, um, you know, you're right. His deep ball was actually where, you know, which I think a lot of people had, you know, saw and talked about. You know, I'm, when he's Wyoming, because um, my son played at BYU, so. In fact, they played in the bowl game there, or, or against Josh. So I've seen Josh, and I know Josh like personally. But he, his deep ball, I think over 50 yards, and he'd watch him. So he was like, you didn't know where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And that ain't a lie. That's like, hey, <laughs> it, that could go 120 yards. <laughs> I mean, they could go all over the place. So for him to harness that area of it, I, I think is a is one of those learning curves from an evaluator aspect. But he wasn't that bad otherwise. You know, if you, you took him, if you went below 50, because I remember Samuel Vance, if he doesn't throw but boy, with his ability to be to throw the ball, he, he brings an explosive element to you that not many teams have. And you got to be explosive in our league to win. You have to. So he brings that, but, you know, can they harness that and develop it? Which, listen, to his credit, you know, they have done that. You know, they have done that and they have made – they make a they make a field. You have to you have to protect all the entire field. You know your coverage is. This is not the show to do it on, but you know when you talk about defense coordinators defending somebody like him with a less versus a lesser arm, just coverage wise, it just makes things so much easier in your play calling. The things you don't have to worry about that you do have to worry about with Josh Allen, and then the voids that exist under that that become dangerous. You know. He, he, it's not just his overall ability to move that makes him, you know, that, that unknown dangerous, but it's what he does with his threat, throwing the football, the respect you have to give him vertically, and then what it exposes underneath. And just That's why I could go back to when, what the Steelers did in that week one. It was the most impressive thing I saw all year on the Buffalo Bills. Well, they may- um, I, don't, I don't expect this because I don't expect them to, to just – drop back and throw too and and they're, and they're more seasoned even in their passing than they were last year too so that that, that even adds another layer of concern i know that they have yeah there are several layers of those uh merrill <laughs> uh, great stuff we'll look forward to uh breaking this game down and looking ahead to tampa bay next week all right guys go Steelers, man have a great night merrill hodge uh, as he always joins us on the preview uh, gear up with the latest sideline apparel hats or jerseys of your favorite players, uh, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets. You can also visit us online at shop.steelers.com. One more segment to go here on the preview, so uh, keep it here until the other side of the break with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Persuda. We're going to be here until 8 o'clock. This is Steelers Preview on your Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers Preview Show presented by Unibet on DVE. 
Welcome back. Mike and Matt with you till 8 o'clock tonight as we get you ready for the Steelers and the Bills here on the preview. Yin's Chat is the Steelers' predictive and trivia game. Answer questions, make picks, and win prizes. Play on your own against Steeler Nation in our new public group or create your own private group to compete against family and friends. You can play Yin's Chat exclusively in the Steelers' official mobile app. Matt, are you, uh, are you familiar with Yin's Chat? Uh, now I am. <laughs> I'll get all. I'll get on it now. It's pretty simple. They just uh, they ask a question or two, and you have to give them an answer. This week's okay, uh, okay. predictive question: Alex Highsmith over under one and a half sacks in Buffalo. Oh, I'll go under. I mean, that's a pretty hefty number, to be honest with you. I yeah, mean, that guy's hard to bring anyone down. To get two is a lot. So there, but, you, there you go. That's all it takes. It's, yeah. it's, it's total yards, touchdowns. Uh, just, I've been impressed with Highsmith, though. Just something to uh, enhance your enjoyment of the game and. Uh, for me, when you're uh, crunching numbers in that kind of fashion, it always enhances it. So, no doubt about it. Uh, hey, just I want, before yeah. we uh, move ahead, I want to clarify something I said with Merrill last segment. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had a presence like nobody. Oh, sure. I had ever been around. Mm-hmm. But I think with Ben, it was more, this guy will win the game for us. You He's know, really good. We got yeah. to find a way to be in it, and he will win it. Mm-hmm. Bobby Brister had a persona, like the swashbuckling, gun-slinging, tobacco-chewing, okay. <laughs> occasionally hard-drinking. I don't think he'd mind me saying that. Uh, he Not was, a secret. Huh? Yeah. He was a, a dude, man. He yeah. he was uh, the QB. Oh, I think and, there's a ton to be said for that. You know, and, Montana and the Super Bowl. Oh, is that John Candy? Yeah. You know, just being cool. <laughs> yep. You know, right. And that t- the, the team I'll never forget was the 1989 team. They got beat 92 to 10 the first two games, 51 nothing by Cleveland, 41 to 10 at Cincinnati, and they ended up in the playoffs. They beat Houston in Houston on a Gary Anderson field goal in overtime, and they lost to the Broncos by a point. Mm. Uh, they, they were that close to getting to the AFC Championship game, where they would have played the Browns again. Yeah, and then Denver beat the Browns and got its doors blown off by San Francisco, but. Uh, that team had swagger, man. That team had personality. That team had characters and character. Yeah. And again, maybe I've watched too many football movies, but I, I think there's a little value to that. And you think a lot of it came from the quarterback? You know, obviously it's supposed to, right? Yeah, and it's supposed to. I mean, that's the way it's drawn up, and it sure seems like Pickett has that in spades. Yeah. He's got a coolness about him. He's great with you guys. I mean, the media. I mean, I, I know people on both sides of the building down in South Side. They all adore him on and off the field. They follow him. I think there's a ton to be said for that. And as Merrill pointed out, he's pretty good between the lines. He talked this week about the the way he responded when he came in. And, you know, uh, the play everybody wanted to ask him about was the 18-yard pass down the seam to Pat Fryermuth mm-hmm. on which he got crushed by Quinn and Williams. Right. And he saw Quinn and Williams coming. And then did you notice when he got up, he started barking yes. at the Jets and laughing and yes. smiling. A lot of Heinz Ward in him there, right? Like, yeah, hey, is that all you got? I, I asked him what he said. He goes, oh, I don't remember. It's just part of the game. And then he went on to say how normally he's not that emotional. He prefers not to get too high or get too low, which mm-hmm. a lot of people promote that as a theory. You know, stay even, even keeled. keeled and right, right, right. Cool. But he said he sensed the team needed energy when he came in. Okay. So he... So he put it on his sleeve a little bit more. Now yeah. I'm thinking this is a guy who has not played it down yet, right? And he in is NFL a, Stadium. He right, is right. assessing yeah. what kind of leadership is needed and which type he should apply. I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's, it's like, big time stuff, right? Have you been doing this for ten years under an assumed name? I mean, I, I know the Joe Burrow comparisons are lofty, but you do see some of that, you know, where Burrow goes to a nightmare of an organization and makes it his own overnight. 
It, and Pickett's going to a much more stable situation than Burrow did as a first overall pick. You saw those results. I'm not saying he's going to the Super Bowl next year or anything like that. But you mentioned that play. He scrambled to his right, got a first down with his legs, and kind of gave one of the defenders a little look, you know, like a caught on camera, you know, a, yeah. a, you know, a, stick it where the sun doesn't shine kind of look, you know, and I loved it. The other two plays that really stuck with me, and uh, I was like, where have these been? Because I thought I was going to see this all season. Mm-hmm. The uh, second of his two touchdowns, play fake to Najee Harris, and then he boots right, and he's got Fryermuth as an option if he wants it, and he decides, no, I'm going to keep it, cuts it back, and he runs through Mosley and Whitehead, yeah. put his shoulder down and got in the end zone. And then the last third down before the two screw-ups, third and three, and he notices he has Pickens one-on-one outside with the cornerback not named Sauce Gardner. I'm going there. Yeah. Back shoulder first. I thought that play. That's won- the beauty. I thought that play won the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but- the beauty is pre-snap. Re- I mean, I-, I mentioned Burrow, and I'm not complaining Aaron about Burrow as much, but when when Burrow had Chase one on one, he might as well throw up on the scoreboard. I'm going Jamar Chase one on one. You know, like that's a gutsy trust move by quarterbacks. And Mitch didn't do that very often. I, I thought Mitch and got I, a little bit of the short of the stick, but he didn't do that very often. I still don't know why. And he didn't use his right. legs. And I don't know why. You know, I don't get it. Yeah. They talked from Art Rooney the second on down in the offseason, mm-hmm. need mobility at the quarterback position. Mike no, Tomlin was talking no about it during the season last year. Yeah. And Rooney emphasized, well, we need a guy who can run, but he's also got to be able to read a defense and complete a pass. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought Mitch Trubisky was that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in training camp, they talked about uh, both Pickett and Trubisky talked about how, hey, we love this wide receiving core. When we see one-on-one on the outside, we're taking that shot. And Kenny Pickett detailed it to the extreme. He said, if they're stacked, which means if the receiver is ahead of the defensive back Mm -hmm. and the defensive back's in trail position, the ball's going deep. If they're even and the receiver hasn't shaken the guy, it's going back shoulder. Yeah, but one right, way right. or another, that one-on-one 50-50 ball is going to be thrown. And we saw that so infrequently. Yeah, and they have the receivers to handle. And they have too. the receivers, and I don't know why that was the case. I, Including Fryermuth. I don't know yeah, what right. – oh, he was mentioned by those guys. Yeah. yeah, right. I, I don't know in Mike Tomlin's heart of hearts what compelled him to, to make the call when he did, but I, I had seen enough of the Trubisky offense to think, well, this is not – going to be mm-hmm. as advertised and it's not going to work. So I, so why not why not pull the plug? I mean just expand on what you say and I mean I think a lot of it was we're getting matchups here we like one-on-ones or guys breaking free versus coverages that we predicted and the ball's not coming out and that makes coaches crazy. <laughs> you know and, well, and, and we heard it. we heard Merrill a week or so ago say he yeah. he was noticing the receivers were being affected the mm-hmm. the potential pass catchers frustration yeah. and how they were running their routes and things of that nature, and it was just it was headed in the wrong direction, and uh, it's uh, it's a new deal. It is. Uh, it, the game's changed. You, you mentioned back shoulder throws. I mean, like they're sort of a new invention in the history of the NFL. You know, and Pickett's been doing it his whole life, I'm sure. But that's a confident throw. I mean, I'm going to throw behind my receiver, knowing if that corner reads it and breaks on it just a little, it's a pick six. You know, like. A lot of people are afraid to throw back shoulder, and this guy isn't already, you know. Steelers preview on DVE is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Steelers. Matt, we got about a minute and a half left, and I'll bounce a couple more numbers off you. Uh, Kenny Pickett will be the first rookie quarterback to start a game this year. Right. Uh, Bailey Zappi may or may not start for New England. Looks like he will. 
Last yeah. year, uh, rookie starters were three and thirteen. The year before, they were one five and one. You got to go all the way back to twenty nineteen. Rookies were four four and one in nine starts. What is the biggest hurdle? Do you suppose is it just that? Well, a lot normal- of good, bad teams. Yeah, I was going to say they get they get drafted Lawrence. high because the teams stink. Right, a, a big part of it. If you do a study on rookie quarterbacks over like the last ten years. They usually end up between like 20 and 25th best quarterback in the league. Even the ones that have good years don't excel. It's just that hard. I mean, the speed of the game is the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, probably uh, right behind that is handling both success and failure oh, at, sure. at this level. And again, I think Kenny Pickett can handle I do too. anything that, that, part I'm uh, confident in for sure. that gets thrown at him. So uh, this ought to be fun in Buffalo. Uh, it ought to be fun the rest of the season. I don't know where it's going or what, what's going to happen, but. It uh, feels like possibilities Possibilities all of a sudden. And uh, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, maybe some short-term misery for long-term benefit. That's <laughs> going to do it for us tonight. Thanks to uh, IU Jake behind the glass for keeping us on the air. Uh, thank you for finding us, however and wherever you found us. We'll do it again next Thursday in advance of Steelers Buccaneers. Until then, for Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Persuda. This has been Steelers Preview on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Good night, everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide-open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, Land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there.